Welcome back to the Sunday Session podcast where we take you back through the eight games of the round and all the highs and lows. Uh, we're through round 18 now. The ladder is taking shape and Craig Wing is in the studio with myself, Chris Kennedy, to go through it all. Wingy, how are you going? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. Been uh, some entertaining games this weekend. Let's dive straight into it. Um, just finished up with Manly and Para. The scoreline, I think, at the end probably flattered the eels a little bit. Manly were running roughshod over them for, for most of that game. It only ended up being a 12-point margin, but it was all Manly pretty much. Yeah, I was hoping... Uh, well, I was actually expecting it to be a, a tighter game. Mm. Um, and certainly both teams started off like a house on fire, yeah. I thought. I thought Big it was a, there was some big hits there was some expansive movement of the footy um, both teams had momentum for various stages and then Manly just they just won momentum actually there was one particular set where Manly deed up really hard in defense and had, Eels had to um, kick it from about 10 out they had to kick it from about 10 yeah. out they won momentum back at that mm. point in time and it's like they never gave it up from yeah. then um Manly certainly won it through the middle. There were some big collisions early on in the middle, but certainly um, Manly won it through the middle, and then as a result off the back of that, they won it across the park. The biggest collision was probably from a, a winger on a halfback. Yeah. George DeFour <laughs> absolutely good rattling. But he, uh, he nearly got knocked out just before it, didn't he, as well, off his own player? Or was it uh, I think it was Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, had to go off for an HIA after a head yeah. clash with, uh, might have been Mo or someone, but... Um, yeah, the Manly big boys, Fanua Blake in particular, to power Jake Travojevic and uh, Manasi Fanu just absolutely terrorising them around the ruck there. He's, he's just he's really sharp. He's taking good options. Yep. He's strong as well. Mm. Um, Quite big for a number nine, really. He is, he is. But he's just... Look, we spoke about it early in the year. How long is he going to be sitting on the bench for or playing yeah, partial minutes? But he's... You can see him really growing into the role. Um, the more minutes he plays, the more experience he gets, the fitter he gets, the older he gets, the smarter he gets. Um, I can see him um, doing some good things in, down the track. It wasn't all bad news for Parramatta. Um, debutant Ethan Parry scored a try 10 minutes into his NRL career. That was a great real, try, that one. Real good desperation. Never give up, hey? Yeah, exactly. So that was a nice little moment. Um, Dylan Brown showing some nice touches, had some nice kicks. I think he's still only six games into his NRL career, even though it feels like we've been talking about him pretty much all year. He's obviously sidelined for a fair bit. Um, Mitch Moses did some great stuff, and then I guess once the Fords got the Manly Fords got a roll on, he, there's only so much he could do when he's on the back foot for the the rest of the game. Yeah, that's right. I think um, I found that the the Eels tended to compound pressure on themselves, yeah, pushing passes, really not managing the momentum of the game. Which is if they if if they want to have a shot at the finals and have a good run at them as well, um, they need to get a little bit better in that area, I think. Mm. Brad Arthur said after the game, there's no chance Blake Ferguson's back from that knee infection next week, so he's going to be out for at least one more, so they're going to have to find a way to start their sets off a bit better. Yeah, big loss, him. Um, Just the amount of work that he does, the confidence that he brings the guys around him, and his big body, his big frame, bringing it out of their half. I, I really noticed him lacking out there. I don't know if they beat the Tigers in round 17 without Ferguson's contribution. He's been uh, enormous for them. Mm. Um, anyway, Eels still in six. If they um, find a, a win at Bankwest next week, they can um, shore up that, that top eight billing. The earlier game, uh, Storm ended up being far too good for the Titans. I think we smelled a little bit of an upset early on. The Titans uh, rattled in two early tries. A uncharacteristically poor pass from Cameron Smith to hand them the, the first one. I can't think of any other passes that bad in his 400 game career he doesn't throw too many but um, Storm even with all their origin stars barring Fanukan missing was still far too good in the end 
Yeah, I mean, we always expected the Titans to lift a bit, as teams do after things like this happen. I mean, they had no coach. Um, you'd expect the senior players to to turn up and, and the whole team to put in a fair bit of effort, which they did mm. early on. But I think that game was symbolic of the contrast between the two teams. I mean, you've got to keep in mind that Melbourne had no Chambers, Munster, Kafusi, Adokar, um, Kristen Welsh was suspended. Yep. Those guys are starting players, effectively. Um, but whoever they put in there, and there was guys out of position, even Pappenhausen at 5'8", they just knew what to do. Mm. They knew what to do. They knew how to... Um, react under pressure when the momentum's against them they knew how to wrestle the momentum back they still played footy they played expansive footy but they knew where they had to go on the field and they knew the things that are required to uh, to take control of momentum in the game whereas the titans um they just yeah they seem a bit lost out on the field they play a bit of hot potato footy hopefully mm. things come off the effort and energy's there but it just seems quite disconnected um, I personally think that the Titans as a club have a tremendous opportunity these, with these remaining seven games to um, to really get something out of it for next year. I mm. mean, no matter how much pre-season training they do and how much oppose they do in the off-season, you'll never get better experience than live games. Um, these games, obviously, if they win the next, if they lose the next seven in a row, who cares? Really, who mm. cares? They're not going to compete for anything. They're not going to make the finals. Um, for me, I think that they just really should be focusing on individual aspects of their game each week, uh, regardless of the score, regardless of the outcome, and try and put in place a few things that they can build upon for the next year. I don't know who, obviously, yet is going to be the coach or even when they're going to be on deck, but you know, Mel Meninga can, can oversee potentially some roster stuff, like work out who they want to keep and, and who's just not up to it or, or, or isn't part of the plans going forward as well. And I think that kind of stuff should really be made, um, made known to the players themselves, not, mm. across, uh, not, not across the team as a whole, but more so, I think, particularly with Mal, he should be pulling guys aside and saying, hey... This is what we're planning on doing this next year. This is how we want to play. These are the players, well, we're actually thinking of you for next year or we're not thinking of you for next year and these are the reasons why. Um, this is what we're looking for in your replacement if we do get one. You've got seven weeks to show us that you can do it or you can't do it, mm. but at least let them know what's expected of them because when I look at the Titans, um, I feel like they don't know what's expected of them or they don't know what they have to do, um, and, it's not, and it's not clear. Mm. So I think going, down, going into it with that approach um, really lets them have goals for each individual game moving forward and really sets the benchmark for them to try and achieve. So, and if they can do it, then, well things are in the right direction and if they can't then they only have themselves to bite yep 100 like you said seven games treat it like a learning experience rather than just a dead end to the season um saturday night footy wrapped up with the cowboys against the rabbitos cowboys really were in the box seat for a, a long part of this and a big missed opportunity really yeah that try that try that Murray went Tulungi, i think it was who, who dropped it the could have put them two tries ahead and mm. that that is a that was a big moment. Yeah. It was a big moment. I mean, um, look, the, the Cowboys did well to put themselves in that position, but um, to let to let moments like that just pass um, against a team like the Rabbitohs, they're always going to find a way to, to, to reel, reel you back in, and, uh, and that's exactly what they did. 
I thought um, Cameron Murray, now that he's you know, sort of been getting a few reduced minutes and, and slightly lower involvement in, in club games, while he had that huge origin workload, but his second spell in particular, I thought he changed the game, just those furious, you know, the, the, the fast play, the balls, the, the late footwork at the line. He obviously, you know, he scored right at the death supporting a line break from James Roberts but even before that I thought he was just you know breaking the game open in those those closing stages and, and Cook as always teasing around the rock yeah Cameron Murray I mean he's he's got that um those rare qualities where he can he could play 80 minutes he's, mm. he's got endurance but he's also explosive as well and um He's mobile, light, uh, light feet, footwork at the line, like you said. The kind of guy, if you do give him limited minutes, he'll just turn up the intensity mm. and play with a lot of uh, with a lot of energy. And perfect guy to, you know, he's playing less minutes to give him a bit of a rest, but also perfect guy to pull, pull on the field and, and change the pace of the game. Absolutely. And for the Cowboys, like we said, a missed opportunity. They were right in the mix for a, a push towards top eight if they got those two points. But, um, I mean, got to remember they're doing it without Michael Morgan, who obviously yeah. got concussed in, in Origin 3. He's still out. Um, Jake Clifford, who showed so many good signs against the Roosters, I thought there was some probably some dusty moments in this one, a little bit of a step back, but he, he did some good stuff as well. And, you know, Asiata um, had some nice kicks. Like, between the two of them, they're, you know, they've got to find a way, I guess, until until Michael Morgan returns. But the thing is, for me in this game, they, they played a bit of footy. Yeah. And they found some they found some weaknesses in the Rabbitohs' defensive line and exploited it and made some yards. So um, they put themselves in the position to win the game. Uh, so that's something that uh, they can really take out of that one. Yeah, they're not out of it, but they probably have to find some wins pretty soon, the Cowboys. Second Saturday game, the uh, Raiders up against West Tigers. Um, they were probably going to put a score on them for a while, but didn't end up being the case. 20-12, to 12, the final score. Uh, Michael Maguire, very disappointed in the post-match press conference and um, doesn't tend to, to spray his players in the, the presses too often, but he, um, I think he called them soft and he, he let them know he wasn't too happy with this one. Yeah, the Tigers, unfortunately, they're, um, they're hot and cold at best. Um, three losses in a row and they've pretty much since the start of the year they've just been slipping down the ladder um, I don't really see them in the top eight at the end of the year although they don't have the toughest the toughest draw mm. over the next three weeks they could possibly get three wins I mean they've got Newcastle Cowboys and the Dogs coming up they're the, ty- they're the type of team that could possibly win all three or they could possibly lose yeah. all three um, so I think uh, I guess where they're sitting on the ladder is probably where they deserve to be at the moment, yeah. given, given that the teams above them aren't really like that. Uh, but for the Raiders, I thought it was a gritty win. It wasn't pretty, but they did punch holes through the Tigers down the middle yeah. and through the edges. Uh, sometimes sometimes things don't go your way, uh, but when you can learn to just, just to dig in and find a way to win... Um, even if it's a bit ugly, even if it is gritty, um, even if your execution wasn't that great, those kind of games. And, and the Tigers, obviously, they were coming to play. They knew where they were on the on, on the ladder and mm. they were always going to try and put their best foot forward. But um, for the Raiders, just to find a way to win, um, I think probably did their team more good than winning convincingly. Mm. Um, because if, if you win ugly enough times, you just have this confidence in the back of your mind that okay, just stick with the plan, we'll just keep pushing forward and eventually something's going to come. And once you start to learn how to win ugly or, or win gritty, mm. then that's that's when you start to string a few a few wins in a row. I mean, we look at the, 
look at the Melbourne Storm early in the year. So they're way ahead of the curve with all that kind of stuff. But there are a number of games early in the year where they probably shouldn't have won or mm. they were probably well below their best. But lucky they just the hung in yeah. there. And then they just get that try at the mm. end and they win the game and everyone thinks, oh, the other team probably should have won, but the Melbourne Storm got there. But you yeah. add all the points up at the back end of the year yeah, and, they're, yeah. and they're light years ahead of everyone else. That's exactly what Canberra weren't doing last yeah. year. Help, I can't even remember how many games where they lost by two, four, six points and they you know missed the finals. If you add all those close games in, if they turned them around into wins, they would have been a, a top four team. So they're doing a much better job of that this year. Um, one of the best defensive teams in the comp, maybe the second best after the Storm, but in, certainly in the top few. Um, their forward pack just really getting it done at the moment. We've talked about John Bateman heaps and heaps and he's still fantastic, but I thought Josh Papali in this game um, last week as well he's just had an incredible patch of form since the Origin series um, Josh Hodgson's had a stunning few games as well so good signs there for the Green Machine uh, Saturday footy kicked off the Roosters up against the Knights the um, the Knights clobbered them up in the Hunter not that long ago um, obviously it was an under, under strength Roosters on that occasion this one um, it's pretty close at half time and then mm. second half the, um, the Knights just completely fell away yeah another one of those games where um, well Newcastle took it to them in the first half, mm. um, and there's always a bit of a there's always a bit of intensity between the Roosters and the and, and the Knights, which mm. is turning into a bit of a trend, I guess, with Mitchell Pearce being there and a number mm. of the Roosters being there. Guerra, Kenny Dow, yeah, but um, Watson. I think the thing that probably cost Newcastle, I think they left two tries on the table in the first half, yeah, which is same as uh, same as what happened against the Rabbitohs with the Cowboys. You just can't do that mm. against the good teams, uh, but. At the back end, the Roosters really took it to another level. And I think that's the thing that um, Trent Robinson will be most pleased about. Mm. Um, just the fact that they were able to go, right, the 60-minute mark, this is where we're at. They're giving us their best. Let's go again and let's just ramp it up. And that's exactly what they did. Knights beat themselves at time with basic errors and Roosters just capitalised on it, kept competing, kept competing right to the 80th minute. Um, you saw how enthusiastic they were with their tries at the back end of the game as they were um, early in the game. So for me, um, I guess standouts for the Roosters were probably Kiri, three try assists, Takiaho, obviously Teddy. He was a freak. Yeah. Hargraves played well, and Mitchell was, which was Mitchell was pretty good too. I thought for the Knights, Watson was, Watson was good. Yeah. He's um he's such a competitor. Obviously, I think he overplays his hand at times in games and comes up with silly errors. Definitely. Just because his his head's his mind is too far ahead of his mm. body, but um, he did some good things, and um, yeah, I thought Ponga was pretty good as well. Clemmer, I think, is probably the main one who can sort of walk off the, the pitch there with his head held up. He, he got through a mountain of work. Yeah. Um, playing a bit of a lone hand in the forward pack. But um, poor old uh, poor old Jakey friend with a with a fractured arm. Well, yeah, that was the next thing. Um, you know, they look so much better with their their you know their top string for yeah. spine on the park, which they haven't seen uh, since round one. And yeah. well, they get seven minutes out of it, and then um, friend cracks his, his forearm and off he goes again. So who knows how long that's going to take? But it. Sounding like ready? a six to eight, six so to eight he's weeks. So probably misses the the rest of the regular season. He's so then that that puts them in a position. Obviously, this win for the Roosters, they're on the right track. Keep plugging away. They played eighty minutes, came strong at the end, which is what you want. But now they have to find a replacement for that key spine member. Mm. I do like Victor Radley a bit further out. Um, yeah. Do they put him back into hooker, or do they try and start to think seriously about? Um, someone else that they might be able to put there as they're a young up-and-coming guy that, that could possibly fill the hole and, yeah. and do a half-decent job or even if they go Victor Radley 
half the time in hooker and then play him a little bit out and then bring someone else in? Is there mm. opportunities for that? I don't know. They all seem to be halves mostly. Like Lockie Lamb, Brock Lamb, Drew Hutchison yeah. are all sort of the, the backups at six and seven. I'm um, surprised. I'm surprised they like Jake Friend's not the youngest guy out there either. Mm. Um, I'm surprised they haven't been grooming someone, or there is not someone that they have them their, their sights set on um, that's a bit younger that they that they need to try and deputise. There'll be someone in the system. I don't really see Radley's long-term spot at, at nine. I think he's no, so valuable. He's, at he's that loose so much better in, uh, in out of out 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 wider. Mm. But um, I guess back on the nights, they've got some some work to do but there's still some time I mean mm-hmm. when the when the Knights really turn it on they look like a really really good team forwards that can roll forward they've got good ball movement they've got some speedy backs some quick backs but um, they're still not there yet three losses in a row um, unless they get a win soon I think mm. the doubt might start to set in they've been very up and down this year they were terrible at the start then went on a hot streak and sort of you know, had a bit of a come down again. I think it, you know, where they sit now is probably roughly where a lot of people thought they would be, which is either just in or just out of the eight and, and fighting for those lower half of the eight spots. But um, yeah, still in danger of dropping out if they uh, if they can't find a few wins soon. Uh, Friday night footy finished up with uh, the Panthers and the Dragons out there at Panthers Stadium and um, Penrith. That's seven wins in a row now, and people have been saying, and I'm inclined to agree, that they haven't had to beat too much in that seven game winning run. It's either teams have um, just had an off night or, or played badly or whatever it was. But even though the, the Dragons defended very poorly in this game, I thought that's probably the, the best and the slickest that Penrith have looked in that seven-game run. Yeah, I thought the the Panthers' kicking game was on song across the board, mm. um, which makes it really tough when you're a, when you're a defensive team trying to muscle up in defence and then you've just got to kick in behind and a, effectively a soft try from a very, very good kick. It just it just makes things so hard and... and I thought Maloney and Clear in particular are pretty good. Um, they're playing yeah. playing with much more confidence now, not just those two, but right across the board. Um, and I notice when, when, when the halves get the ball, they're on the front foot more often, mm-hmm. with less pressure on them. They're going at the line, dictating terms. So I guess you can attribute that to the forwards as well. Um, their edges are starting to become a little bit more potent and that's coming off mm. the back of their forward pack. In particular, their left edge with Kikau and... What's his name? Is that Brent Naden's side? Or yeah, is he... yeah, on the left, the, their left-hand yeah, side. Yeah. I look at it, and with Mansour there as well. Yeah. They look pretty good down that edge, and that's obviously, naturally, that's um, one of Maloney's favourite edges. So yeah. they're starting to... Forwards are getting a bit of momentum. They're getting a roll on, few offloads in there, more support. Then they go to their edges and they got some strike in their edges as well, mm. kicking game on song. Things are sort of starting to come together for them, although you've got to say that the Dragons, they got beaten across the park in that game. Um, not only the edges, but through the middle, more mm. importantly as well. So that's that's the uh, that's the scary thing for them. I thought the, ki- the kick-out sin binning for a late hit on Dufty, I thought that was a bit of a nothing. Yeah, it was probably... Um, uh. yeah, th- I guess that's the, the path we're going down now in terms mm. of protecting... Um, was the sim bidding f- for being late or for being a shoulder charge? Because he's yeah. facing one to two out now yeah. for a shoulder charge. I don't know. I just thought it was a bit of a yeah. bit of an overreaction, but I guess that's where we're at in the game at the moment. Um, I guess for the Panthers, seven wins a row, only seven games left. Mm. They're playing with confidence. That's seven weeks, and, and things are starting to come together. 
that seven weeks is going to be a lot of time for him. It's going to feel like a lot of time for improvement. Mm. Um, and they can get some they can get some things having, happening between now and the finals. And they could possibly have a real shot at um, having a crack at it if they keep playing. I mean, mm. I, for me, I think the, the Panthers are going to be the one of the dark horses leading into the finals. And who would have said that at the start of the year, huh? Mm. Well, I mean, we probably would have said it at the start of the year and then would not have yeah. said it yeah, six yeah, yeah, or yeah. seven weeks in I um, think, when they were you know, almost last. But yeah, then. I think the good test for them this week is going to be the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, next week is going to be the Raiders. The Raiders it's going to be a massive game. The Raiders are going to be physical. They're going to, they're going to fight tooth and nail. Mm. They're going to be strong in defence. Um, that's, uh, that's going to be a real test for them. Mm. Um, yeah. Penrith now actually they're properly into the eight. They're not you know level eighth on points. They're they're a win ahead of eighth, so they're um you know yeah. sort of facing their own hands now. And I mean you mentioned a bit of injection of youth, Brenton Aiden into the centres, and also Brian Toto on the right wing, who's yeah. just been. I think we talked the about acrobat. him last week, but yeah, yeah, he's he's absolutely killing it. Um, the early Friday game, the Warriors against the Sharks. I think this is the fourth time in five games that Cronulla has lost despite scoring more tries than their opponents. The uh, the first three were mostly around shoddy goal kicking. This time it was mm. just giving away too many penalties. They were up by two late in the game when um, Fafita pulls out a massive shoulder charge on um, Lachlan Burr and gets himself sin-binned. The Warriors level up and then kick a field goal against a 12-man team and, and take the win. It's another missed opportunity for Cronulla. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on with Cronulla. I thought their execution was pretty... Pretty ordinary. I thought early in the game they should have been further ahead. Yeah. Um, they had control. Um, they had Warriors on the back foot. Warriors, to me, they seem like the type of team where as soon as momentum goes against them, they just give up or mm. they just they just let it keep going against them. And I thought they did well to come back and, um, and, and win that game. But both these teams, I think they're just they're, – they're very hot and cold. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, understandably, the Sharks have had a lot of injuries this year, um, probably mm. struggled to have a full-strength team week in, week out and have something they could build upon. Uh, but the Warriors, they're, <laughs> they're a hot and cold team that, um, that struggle to stay in the game. So mm-hmm. these two teams leading into the final, I think they've got a finals. I think they've got a lot of work to do and um, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't put them up there. Yeah, I mean, they can both still make it, but the Warriors Warriors probably got a, a tougher draw. Um, Sharks now five losses in a row. I've got absolutely no momentum at all. So big question marks over uh, both these teams heading into uh, September footy. Started off on Thursday night where, um, I don't want to say it's only the Bulldogs, but the, the Broncos starting to look like you know, a bit more like the team we thought they might be earlier in the season. Yeah, and it's all, it's all that sensational, forward, that young forward pack yeah. that they've got. Those Master guys, Vita, Pangai, yeah, if, if, Flagler, yeah, they're Carrigan. really something that you could build, mm. build the future around. Um, they led the way. Just look, the poor old Bulldogs. They just looked inferior. Um, looked like they couldn't handle them. Um, Brisbane forwards just standing in tackles, couldn't put them to the ground. Offloads. Um, yeah, it was a, it was it was a good win by the by the Broncos, giving them a bit of comf- uh, confidence and something to, bull, um, to build upon. Um, Milford's been pretty good at fullback the last couple of weeks, and I know it's fashionable to, to rag on Darius Boyd these days, but I thought he's shown signs of improvement as well since sort of getting moved into the front line. Yeah, I think it's really hard. Like, well, it's easy to, to rag on the backs, especially if they've mm. got big names and, they're un- and the team's underperforming. But in reality, 
if you if your forwards give you the platform to get you going forward and put your backs on the front foot, then it's a completely different team, and, and that's what the Broncos are doing. That's what the that's what the uh, the Panthers did for Maloney and, and and Cleary. That's what's going on at the Broncos at the moment. Those those forwards, they're staying in the game a lot longer. They're playing a lot tougher. They're playing a bit more composed, and they're getting forward, and it just changes everything for the whole team. What about you know, where to now for the um, the Bulldogs? Probably safe to put a line through them in terms of finals this year. They, um, you know, can they use? You're talking about the Titans. Can what can they do with this last? Seven oh, weeks? I think I think the Bulldogs are. They should be sort of thinking along the on the long along the lines of um, of what the the Titans are thinking in terms of okay, what can we get out of the rest of this year? Um, Let's focus on ourselves. Let's have a look towards next year, what we're going to be doing, um, and just make the most of every game in terms of trying to achieve something or something that they can build upon for next year. Um, neglected to mention in the uh, the Sharks game, but for feet are also facing a one-to-two game ban for a, a shoulder charge, which is going to be um, important for them coming into the Cowboys next Thursday night. Um, pretty much brings us to the end of the eight games. No origin to talk about this week for the first time in about yeah. eight podcasts as well. We've got to get through the origin lull, but uh, yeah. luckily the origin stars are still kicking ass on the field and, mm. um, and performing, so giving us a lot to talk about. I think guys like we saw James Tedesco and Tom Travojevic come back after a week off with a rest and absolutely kill it. Um, Cameron Murray, you know, how that origin's behind him. His minutes are back up to where they were at the start of the year and he's going great guns, so you can probably see those real sort of high-end players, you know, emerge from that origin period and, yeah, and stamp on it. It's also interesting to see how the various coaches are going about giving their their mm. players a rest or selecting which players they give a rest or less minutes to. Um, yeah, I wish they did it back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was much more the um, the badge of honour to just have to back yeah. up and do the 80 minutes and yeah. whatever. Even, even Ricky Stewart's giving his origin players a rest. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> What's <wow>. that all about? <laughs> all right, nice stuff. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, it's the end of the eight games. Uh, we'll be back here the same time next week to discuss round 19. Beautiful. See you later.